And welcome on in, everybody, to the Check Your Brain podcast, hosted by me, Tony Mazur. Thank you for listening to this uh, free version of the podcast, which goes out every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube and my Rumble account. But if you want more podcasts such as this one, go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur. You get mm, sometimes four, five, maybe six podcasts a week. It's uh, as low as $3 a month for audio only, $5 for audio and video, and $10 for extra podcasts. So go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazur or go to locals and find me at uh, Check Your Brain there. Uh, my guest today is Aaron Peavy. He is the uh, co-host and producer of the B&W show and uh, get get an opportunity to talk to him and just uh, we'll have some fun here. Aaron, uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on, having me on Tony. So the B&W show, what, what is it about? What, uh, I, like I've listened to a little bit of it, but, uh, tell the listeners, get, get the plugs out and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a social podcast. We talk about, uh, everything under the sun, but from, uh, our point of view of a, of a white guy myself and, uh, my best friend, a black guy, uh, you know, we were obviously raised, uh, differently, uh, different, uh, aspects as far as parents raise and and such and uh so which of course skews each other's view, points of views on current uh i don't want to say current headlines but it could be headlines or hobbies or you know we've talked comic books we've talked guns we've talked uh about uh music movies uh you name it we talk about everything and it's not to prove each other wrong it's to find out you know what you know where our similarities lie and and uh you know we we just yeah have a fun idle conversation well and that's what's interesting about uh doing a show where you have people with two vastly different points of view and uh i, I remember when i started in radio and i was doing internet radio back when i was 19 20 years old and uh, my co-host uh, this guy named don peterson he was a He's a black dude from the hood and I'm a white dude from the suburbs. So how does that make this work? And then we eventually added an Asian friend <laughs> who was from, uh, uh, you know, uh, upstate California who went to Oberlin College. And you, you like you want to talk about the privilege of all privilege. How do right. we get together? All three of us from vastly different backgrounds do a sports show. And it worked. That's right. what made it great is that you kind of put things aside. You understand, like, obviously things have been very hypersensitive and uh, uh, kind of upfront uh, in the past couple of years as far as social issues. But when you go back like 15 years ago, it was one of those cases where, okay, yeah, your background's this, my background's this, your background's this, but we all got together and we just talked about football. And it was great. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the kind of stuff we do. We like, um, you know, like I said, we talk comic books is one, you know, a topic that we talk about a lot. Um, my friend, he's never played Dungeons and Dragons, so I got a bunch of my friends together and we all played Dungeons and Dragons. He he had a ball, like it was just, you know the greatest thing he's ever done. Like it's you know, and then you know an opposite, like he he you know took me, um, I even think some some event that you know I've never been to, and it's like it, we had fun, you know, and and it, it's not about um. Well, you know, you never experience this. It's you know, come experience this, you know. And uh a lot a lot of people that they they get offended by the by the N-word, right? But 
I think there's actually a worse term out there. The worst term you could actually say is my black friend. <laughs> right? Because yeah. if he's your friend, why, why label? Like, just, he's your friend, you know, or she's your it's friend. A, it's always that qualification. It's like, right, no, exactly. see, see, no, 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 no. I'm not like one of those people. See, I have a black friend. Exactly. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> right. It's like, what's, what's the point of that? Like, is that the only reason he's your friend or she's your friend is because you, you want that that justification like you know and uh you know one of our one of our topics we talk about musically you know is is like well i i express like well why does it you know an eminem get a pass you know why does he get to say the n-word and all that just because he hangs out with you know snoop mm-hmm. Dre and stuff and and my buddy's like no he doesn't do it like listen to his music so i went back to the two music. doesn't ever 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 use that term in any of his music like yeah i, I haven't heard respect. him use that but like yeah. I think it was, I think it was one of those cases. I think the reason you thought that is you felt that he had gotten enough of a pass to say that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But he didn't. You know, and he didn't. You know, do it as. You know, he he hangs out with Dre. He doesn't hang out with his black friend Dre. You know, he hangs out with Dre. He hangs out with Snoop. That's that's his guys. Not because or anything. Just that's who he gets along with, and that's that's kind of what we do. Like you know, yeah. My, my co-host, he's not just my co-host, he's one of my best friends, and we hang out when we get the opportunity just because we like to hang out. Yeah. Well, and and that's one of the things that kind of has popped up in the last couple of years is that you start to see this where, like, the, the hyper-consciousness of, when you talk about race and social issues going on now, is that you have people who are, I, I guess, I, and I'll say it right now because Malcolm X talked about it, is the white liberal. Is the white liberal has to go out of their way and say, no, 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 I'm not the racist guy. I'm not racist. See, I have a black friend. I have right. many black friends. And you're just like, or maybe you just have friends. Like, does right. it really matter where their background is? And that's kind of right. how I've always operated. It didn't really matter to me what your background is. It's like if you have either a shared sense of values or like because I have plenty, I know plenty of white people who look just like me, talk just like me. We don't share values, therefore we're not friends. Right. It doesn't really matter exactly. the skin color. Exactly, exactly, and and it's you know, and it's about to put it in you know, I guess justification terms. It's it's right or wrong. Like you know, if if you're on the side of just and right, then you're on the side of just and right. If you're on the side of of wrong and and uh, uh, Karenicity, so to speak, then you know, obviously it's where you stand, but mm-hmm. you know, it has nothing to do with it. Just and that's just how we talk. You know, we we try not to get too caught up in the weeds emotionally. You know, we we banter and we have fun and we, you know, our our biggest job on the show, besides talking about whatever topic we're talking about, we talk about again all the time, is to make each other laugh. But like like I I, I do things to, I, like, I try to, like, find that line that's going to make him laugh. And he does the same thing to me just to, you know, and it has, you know, it, it, it fits within the conversation. That's part of what we do is we, and we make it, make the conversation fun and engaging. Um, so that way, you know, it's not all educational and, like, this is the way you should be. Like, no, man, just, you know, fucking chill, relax, just have fun. That's what the world's what? about. That's that's what makes it interesting is that because of this hyper focus that we've had in the last couple of years, it's it, it, it's like we're being told by the media that we need to focus because of the race. 
Like I started doing the show with my co-host years ago. It didn't matter. It's like, I just wanted a show and he wanted right. a show. It's like, well, how right. about we pair you guys up together? I didn't know this guy from Adam. And then yeah. a couple of months later, you know, you start to get to know them, you know, their background, you know, oh, you, oh, you're, you have a kid or uh, you were raised this way. You went to this high school and it didn't, it honestly shouldn't really matter. And I guess what what has bothered me is somebody that, you know, I, I've been doing stand up comedy and like I'll do black rooms. I've DJed black clubs and it never really like I didn't really think of the, the skin color of anybody. I thought of it as this is a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just have a good time. It's like the, yeah. I'll be DJing and, you know, people will come up to me and say, like, man, you're playing some great music. What are you drinking tonight? And like uh the long island iced tea it's like here's a long island I'm like all right so and then i get a few of those i'm like okay i can't drive home i don't my mind right now right. yeah yeah you know, that's what makes it fun like if you know when you're doing what you love and you're surround yourself with people who are of similar mindset then they're you know you don't need to worry you don't you know you know the people that say like oh i don't i don't see color but well, why not What's wrong with seeing color? You know, like there people. It, it's not about, about the not about color because either people are jerks or people are are uh, you know worthwhile, and that and that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the the that that was another thing that's changed the last couple of years is the I don't see color. I'm in a, a colorblind society, and now by saying that you're out of touch. Right. You're completely out of touch. So if you right. say, I don't see color, it's like, yeah, you're lying. Right. <laughs> you're exactly. a liar. Yeah. Yeah. You're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. And, and that's that's one of the things like with the comic books we're talking about is uh the whole forced diversity right now that's going on through uh the pages is is you know, now there has to be a black Captain America, there has to be a girl mm. uh Thor, the hat, you know, because because they can do it too, as opposed to making a great black superhero, which there are, there's plenty, yep. or pushing great black superheroes, you know, or or making a great and pushing great, you know, female or Latino or or whatever superheroes that are out there, as opposed to trying to take Namor and make them Hispanic. Like, what what's the point? Like. Well, that, that was the, that was the recent one I uh, came out this week when we we're recording this. They said James Bond has got to be a black female. They say, right. well, then it's not James Bond, right? And and, and the problem is that it's the qualification by saying that James Bond, because uh, I'm not saying James Bond needs to be white. I'm saying right. James Bond is James Bond. He needs to right. be a dude who's. You know, <laughs> I don't care who he is. It's just it's like it could be Idris Elba, which there were many rumors about that. It doesn't matter to me. It's just. It takes away the fact that James Bond is now a female. James right. Bond used to be a pussy hound. Let's be right. honest here. Right. That's what yeah, it was in the Sean Connery days. Roger Moore is a little weird, but uh, George <laughs> Lazenby. And you go through the whole list of them and you say like, okay, so now we need uh, Viola Davis is going to be James Bond. I'm like, uh, mm, mm. I, yeah, that, I that's like why Black Panther was so successful that. because it was more of an original character and you're not yeah. just, taking uh, an uh, already taken concept and diversifying it because then it just, it seems like pandering to me. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. Like it's, uh, you know, like society nowadays, it's all about pandering. It's pandering to make everybody feel good. And then like, like 
we all shouldn't be in the business of making each other feel good. Be in the business of making yourself feel good. You know what? What feels good and right to you? You know, make a character that speaks to you. Make a you know a story that speaks to you, and then you know it'll speak to the audience. You know, uh, why why push? You know, social <laughs> values that don't matter. You know exactly. <laughs> Well, and and that's what's interesting about the last couple of years with Hollywood is that, you know, things have really changed and how like my wife and I were watching a movie the other night and you hear certain words that were, I guess, more acceptable, like slur, like gay slurs that were in the 90s that nowadays it's like even people who may even still use those words are like, whoa, they actually said that on TV. Did they really say that? And you know, things that, or like my favorite example is this 2023, 15 years ago, 2008 is when Tropic Thunder came out. Right. And my, I, I know what you will say. I will say the same thing. And everybody else in this audience will say that and say, you can't make that movie nowadays. Right. right. But it was 15 years ago. Why can't we make that movie? Right. Exactly. And, and that's what people, that's what the, um, social pariahs don't get about that movie is even for that time using quotey fingers shouldn't have been made because that was the point of it like Mm -hmm. the robert downey jr character playing a white dude playing a black dude or whatever like that was the whole (laughs) point it was pushing that edge it was uh and and the the one black guy on the show was gay and the whole that was the whole point of the whole movie and it was such a brilliant movie. I love the it. whole movie of Tropic Thunder, which is why I think it's it's interesting how you haven't seen many comedies since then like that, was right. it was a parody of Hollywood. So when people got upset because they said, oh, he's used, it's making fun of uh, mentally handicapped people because he says full retard. <laughs> and it's like, no, what he's saying is, is that some actors and in the movie, it's Ben Stiller, will go to a, uh, like, will go way off the reservation of playing somebody that is so almost stereotypical that they will go to that level to try to win an Oscar. So he's like, you mentioned Sean Penn, Rosie O'Donnell. He says Forrest Gump, but he's like, but no, they only did, you know, he's like, you know, Dustin Hoffman, you were, you know, it's autistic, but not retarded. It's like, you would full retard. And it, but then at the same time, you have somebody who's a method actor. So what he's, what Robert Downey Jr. is doing is he's doing a parody of Daniel Day-Lewis, who will go to the extent of I'll make myself a different race if I need to, just so I can get this part. And that you can only refer to me as the part in the movie. And that it was a parody. But I think the problem nowadays is we've completely as a society have lost nuance. I think we've lost satire. I think, and I think that's one of the problems that you can't do good, like true good biting comedy anymore. Yeah. You know that I was just, my wife and I were just sitting there uh, watching a Netflix movie, uh, you know, Vince Vaughn and, um, you know, and I, I'm just sitting there just kind of watching going, who is this generation's Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson, like, well, m- maybe, that's about it. Like, yeah, that's about it. And what has he done? Like, you know, not much. Like, like who, who's those cutting edge pushing, you know, uh, screwball comedy like there's no screwball actors anymore like like once those guys are gone like there's nothing 
Todd, Todd Phillips it. is the one who did, I think he did the hangover movies and he did a bunch of that. And he's the one who did the Joker. And he said, yeah. I can't make a movie like the hangover anymore because you just know that you put it out there. Audiences are going to pick it in front of a regal cinemas or a cinema <laughs> somewhere and they're going to be offended. And it's like, yeah. I'm just going to do a movie that's so absurd and <laughs> wins Oscars. So, you know, I think he's, I think he did all right with that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's uh, but, uh, you know, I, I find that interesting nowadays is that I think what's happened is people are very afraid of, of course, the what we call cancel culture. And I think what's what's interesting about cancel culture is some people will say, well, it's not cancel culture. It's accountability culture that you can't just go up there, and just drop end bombs and think that you're going to keep your job. It's like I think people realize that I think people yeah. know that you're not going to be Michael Richards at the Laugh Factory. That that that's not going to work out too well. Like if Michael Richards did that now, as opposed to 2006, I mean, Seinfeld would not be on TV anymore. Right. But exactly. I think there's also a difference when we talk about cancel culture of of that it is still around. Where if you do something that's, I guess, uh, you you hit on a taboo or you you kind of touch some nerve that. It, you could get some kind of blowback, but I guess it depends on the personality. If you're a stand-up comic and you go on stage, you're, you're one of those guys who just offends anyone. You're like, I don't care who you are. I'm just going to go up there and just offend you. And then we get off stage and we have a drink. And right. I think those have started to got few and far between because when I started doing comedy, you know, nine years ago, it was a slightly different like pre-Trump society where it was like there was a little bit more nuance to it. And now it's like, nope, nope, nope. We are offended. And how dare you say yeah. that stuff? Like I've had that a couple of times. It was classic. Uh, I did a set one time and um, I got off stage and these two girls came up to me and they said, we take issue with two of your jokes. And I'm like, really, what <laughs> jokes were they? They're like you said this and this was really offensive to women. And I said, Actually, no, the point of the joke was it was a referendum on me being stupid. Like, <laughs> OK, well, what about this joke where you were really offensive to women? I'm like, again, that was a self-deprecating joke about how I am not the best boyfriend or husband or whatever. I don't remember the material. And then sure. five minutes later, I just so happened to be in the bar area and the women's room door opened and both of them are on their knees snorting cocaine off a toilet seat. <laughs> on a Tuesday night in suburbia, I'm like, wow. All right, yeah. sure. I'm going to be lectured by a couple of cokeheads on a Tuesday. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Lord it's, crazy. It, so, so what? Uh, so, on the B and W show, your your uh, podcast that you you guys have, like any other like recent topics that you guys have really gotten into that uh, either. I don't know if you didn't see eye to eye or was there anything that you guys got into where it was just like, this is kind of a lightning rod. Like this is, we got to definitely bring this up. Um, nothing too much of lately. I mean, um, thankfully him and I are, you know, we, we've made the stance to make sure the B and W show doesn't become Jerry Springer. Right. Like, yeah. What's your co-host name, by the way? His name is Lavelle. Lavelle okay. Claiborne. Or I just, I want, I just want to get that out there for people listening. Yeah, yeah. I, I call him Val for short. So uh, me and Val, we'll, you know, we'll, we we try our best not to make it Jerry Springer or, or uh, uh, rest Geraldo. in peace. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we you know we we had a topic that I wanted to bring up that he didn't feel comfortable with, 
And we had the conversation before the show and that access subject, we're like, all right, it's out. You know, if, if, if we're, if you're not comfortable with it, we're out. It's, it's gotta be something that we can talk about and maybe it'll come up again and, and maybe it, it won't. Um, you know, I, I wanted to have him essentially, or bring somebody on such to essentially like teach me jive, like, you know, it's like street talk, but I, you know, but I kept calling it. Just watch know, airplane. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, Stewardess. I, I speak jive. <laughs> you know, I kept referring it to a different, a different terminology. And he's like, I, I don't feel, I don't, you know, I don't like that phrasing. I don't like, I'm like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back around to it, you know, but we, you know, we've, there hasn't been anything, you know, whether it's, you know, Black Lives Matter or any of that kind of stuff, you know, because our first topic was um, from a, a few years ago, um, the big topic, which was the Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem, right? Uh-huh. That's kind of what kind of threw the show into existence is, is um, during that time I was in his wedding party and uh i was the uh the thin cream and the uh double stuffed oreo so to speak <laughs> yes you know and uh you know he had me in his wedding party and, and we go over to his uh to his house to do some rehearsal stuff and whatever and it was me with his guys who are guys he's known forever and me just kind of meeting these guys and uh so there's conversation at that time that you know, like uh, I had my point of view because of how I was raised mm-hmm. and I got to listen to their side of the, of that coin, just like listening to their conversation without butting in. I just listened to their conversation and I was like, that that's the show, right? Just listening to conversation. Yep. So um, that was the big topic. And ever since it's always been like, let's, let's make sure again, it's not <laughs> lightning rod or Jerry Springer. Let's, I thought the Colin Kaepernick thing was a an absolute failure of people in all of our uh, forms of entertainment, whether it was media, podcasting, anything, because I thought it was a it was a great example of the time you're talking about summer into fall 2016 before a lot of, you know, the craziness that's been happening the last couple of years. And I think there could have been a lesson that we learned and we didn't. And my my uh, take on the whole Kaepernick thing is that flag that's in the middle of the field that they pull out every game, no matter what. And, you know, everybody genuflex or whatever, you know, whatever the case, if Colin Kaepernick wants to kneel in front of that flag, that flag represents his opportunity to kneel in front of it. If he wants to kneel, if he wants to sit, if he wants to uh, lay face down, if he wants yeah. to spit on it, if he wants to wipe his ass with it. I think he has every opportunity to do that because that flag, that's what it represents. However, I think the audience has every right to tell him to fuck off because that's their free market. That's their advice. And the problem is it became such a weird lightning rod of where do we go with free speech? And I think the free speech is we all have that ability to do that. Instead, we decided to go into petty fights with each other instead of going, look, if he wants to do that, that's fine. If you want to have a boycott and walk out because guys are kneeling, that's fine. It's like, that's what it should be. Instead, it turned into a, a race war. I'm like, right. this is not what it should be. Like, again, right. I'm 
you know, I, I'm sympathetic towards veterans who did feel very, you know, strongly about it. But I also am a free speech absolutist. And part of that flag, he's not burning the flag. He's not in the he's not like when Rick Monday pulled the uh, the flag out at Wrigley Field in the 70s. Okay. He's there. He's like, I feel a certain way about uh, America and police brutality and everything that's been going on. But the audience has in the crowd has every right to tell him to screw off. And it was one of those cases that I thought we could learn a better lesson and we didn't. And it's just gotten worse since then. Right. Yeah. And and, and my, my take on that whole situation was um, so people talking about, you know, with him kneeling and stuff and and they're offended by that. I was like, well, what about the other flag code violations that are going on during the national anthem? People are like, well, you're talking about. Well, when the national anthem is being played, everybody everybody is supposed to stop, stand still, right? The only thing that should be moving is the flat. And that not that, that people sitting there doing this, because then people aren't moving during the national anthem. Mm. It's not the cameraman doing this and panning. He's supposed to be standing still. There's actually flag etiquette. So if they're mad about him kneeling, they should be mad about the people flapping their the flag and the cameraman panning through all the athletes and all the vendors walking around still selling their popcorn. That should not be happening either. So mm -hmm. that, you know, you talk about that flag code by your, but uh, a question that also came up from my nephew, you know, stemming from the, from Kaepernick and the whole uh, black lives matter. He's like, he's like, well, you know, Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, right? I'm like, yeah, exactly. Black, Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. So, well, then, then why should we be celebrating Black Lives Matter if All Lives Matter? I'm like, okay, put up your five fingers. He's like, okay. He's like, now this one represents Black, Black Lives Matters. He's like, okay. And I went like this. Now put up all five, now put up All Lives Matter. He's like, I can't. You're holding my one finger down. I'm like, exactly. I mean, it's like we learn the wrong lessons as society. Okay. And that's exactly. why we get into topics where people either, you know, they, they get heated, they get canceled off a of podcast that and it's it's gotten to the point where people have just run to their echo chambers. So you'll have the all lives matter people on one end and the black lives matter people on all. And they're like, they don't want to hear dissent. Right. And that's why it's good to have. I think it's good to have podcasts where you have differing points of view, right. where you have people who go up there and they'll talk about certain things and go, OK, here's my perspective. Here's your perspective. Where can we find some common ground? If we don't find common ground, then we agree to disagree. It's one of those cases. That's what it was 10 years ago. Right. How did we get to a point where it's now, no, your opinion is wrong. Your opinion is evil. It's racist. It's this and that. And my opinion is like, what? It's like my opinion is is accepted by our, you know, no, who's accepting an opinion? Who's to say your opinion is better than others? It's an opinion. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it so, was such a lightning rod topic that you notice that it went away pretty quick because it was when 2017, when the NFL was showing that because they said CBS and Fox and ESPN who was showing the games are like, show the field, show the kneelers. show there, Look, there's Colin Kaepernick. He's kneeling. Show this guy. He's kneeling and everybody. And then it got your, you know, VFW halls are like, Put bowling on. I don't want to watch this anymore. And there was a, the, the ratings. You you would have thought the NFL, no one's going to stop the NFL. Ever right. since the USFL days where they were trying to chip in back in the 80s, no one was touching the NFL. 
And until 2017, you started seeing the ratings go down. By 2018, they stopped showing any of that. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's so weird. How did we resolve the kneeling in the NFL? All they all they resolved was we're just not going to show it anymore. I mean, guys are still kneeling, but no one has exactly. to know, right? Exactly. So we learned no lesson. <laughs> no. Typical of America, right? Don't don't worry about that lump under the rug. It's 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 not for you to worry about. <laughs> oh, that's a broken arm you have. Well, here here's a bandage. <laughs> it hurts when I do this. Well, then don't do that. All right. <laughs> yeah the the whole the whole thing that's that in the past couple of years that we've gone through this process of a lot of these social issues that have, have really popped up because, and like I talk about on my podcast is the, you know, we can talk politics all we want the 2020 election, 2022, 2024, it doesn't really matter. What matters now is everything has become cultural. Everything uh, is a culture war, every oh. single thing. And, and Andrew Breitbart had the classic quote of politics being downstream from culture. And Everything you notice nowadays that's like that's making waves in politics is a cultural battle from several months ago that just yeah. sifted down. And now we're all fighting about trans issues or <laughs> Black Lives Matter, this and this and this and this. And you go, what happened to like what happened to I guess politics and culture is just it's blended right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, they say America's in such a bad spot. Like if we're such a bad spot, how come it's social issues we're talking about and not war, poverty, and and overspending? I mean, and, you know, we could we could be Venezuela, but you know, here we are talking about trans issues. So, I think we're I think we're doing all right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's one of those cases where it, it's like, hey, you see this right here? We're really doing this over here, but look at this. Look at what we're doing over here. We're gonna distract you with this issue while we do this, and we're like. Hey, by the way, there's a war that's still going on in Ukraine right now that we haven't really talked about in months. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, there's a there's a rumor that, that Ukraine was trying to attack the Kremlin as early as today when we're recording this. But by the way, look at this. Look over here. Look at the shining ball. Yeah. yeah look at look at this bathroom. It's for everybody. Oh no. It's it's everybody. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Are you a are you a female a she male whatever it is go to our bathroom by the way we're we're uh, uh, never mind the fact that all our banks are collapsing at the exact same time don't don't think about that oh and your tax no don't worry but don't worry about the bank because your taxpayer money is going to go help fund them yeah exactly yeah yeah don't don't worry about that that's what's so funny about all these issues and. You know, it's like I said, it's it's good to have podcasts. It's good to have because if if here's the other thing that I'm sure you've probably realized over time why you're doing a podcast is our traditional media outlets have failed us so much that whether it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, whether it's your local newspaper, the national newspaper, your local news, the national news that. It's kind of hard to get a sound bite in a couple of minutes. And then you got to go to a commercial where we're pimping, you know, more pharmaceutical drugs in a commercial break, whatever the case is, that it's good to have podcasts. And that's why as, as many people rip on Joe Rogan, you know, I, I don't listen to all of Joe Rogan's podcast. I've heard some of them. It's it, it's fine. I like some of his guests, others. I'm like, yeah, I'll skip that. But it's the fact that you're giving a platform to different ideas and that's what podcasting is nowadays it's the opportunity where people you may not agree with 
Like there are times where I like I've heard people. I'm like, eh, I'm not a big fan of this guy, uh, a politician, pop culture figure. And then I hear them in a two hour podcast and I start to come around because I'm like, oh, wait, they're much deeper than I thought they were. But then there's other celebrities. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're exactly who I thought they were. <laughs> why did I waste my time? But that's what's great about this medium that's ever changing now is that we yeah. do have an opportunity that if you have somebody that has some ideas that may not be able to get them out in a previous way, you know, then you, you have an hour. You have your own podcast. You can start your own podcast. You go on somebody else's and you have plenty of time to get those ideals out as opposed to quick sound bites like we used to in the traditional media days. Right. Exactly. Exactly. For those who don't agree with that, if you're a local newspaper or TV channel or whoever you follow is supporting a candidate, that means they're biased. They're not reporting the news for you. They're reporting the news for their platform. That's FYI. That's propaganda. I mean, that's what it's come down to is that (laughs) media outlets are propaganda wings. And I know that in sports, by the way. So in a less serious topic, Sports is a great example. And I'm going to tell somebody, tell people this. I'm going to break the fourth wall right now. So um, you have a, let's say, for example, a baseball team, because it's baseball season right now. We're recording this and a baseball team, they get, uh, they they play a game. And afterward, you go into the clubhouse as a media scrum. And I've been in plenty of locker rooms in my time of working in radio. And, uh, Usually the first couple of questions are called by the team reporter. So in the last 20 something years, teams, whether it's any professional team, if you're a fan of the Dodgers, if you're an L.A. Dodgers fan, the L.A. Dodgers have an L.A. Dodgers dot com reporter that's down there in the locker room who asks the question, well, who does he get paid by? He gets paid by the Los Angeles Dodgers. So you're not going to get the hard-hitting questions. So if the Dodgers, for example, tonight lose 15 to 1, but that one run was a uh, was a home run by Mookie Betts, the Dodger reporter, who's going to be called on first in that press conference, is it, he's going to ask the manager the question, Dave Roberts, and say, talk about that one home run that Mookie Betts hit, as opposed to the 15 runs the rest of the team got. So you understand that, a lot of these media outlets end up being just PR firms for government. If it's in like like political stuff, if it's in sports, you're definitely like you are serving the team. Right. And you go, what happened to regular journalism? Is it yep. completely gone? It has been bought and sold, bought and sold. <laughs> There's no objectivity. And yeah. like yeah. at one time you had the point counterpoint, you had like shows on CNN, like Crossfire or something where you had an opportunity where it was a little bit of a, a differing opinion. And instead it's like, no, what is the uh, agreed upon opinion? And I thought that that was a real problem during the COVID stuff. And right. I'm not saying that, you know, like people have had their opinions on whether it was masks and vaccines or Fauci or however it was handled. It was just it was weird that there was never an opportunity to for, for like a, a a debate during COVID. It yep. just seemed like here is the opinion because we're the experts. Now, the experts were right on a couple of things. They were wrong on many things. But yep. why was it one agreed upon opinion as opposed to wait a second here? I thought the point of science is that we have an opportunity for 
a couple of control groups and you you have a control group here and you have a control group yeah. here and you see which one through the scientific method through right. your hypothesis is going to work and instead we right. decided as society in the last several years to go nah don't need you right. yeah we just follow the science not necessarily the scientific method just the science that's being presented <laughs> yeah and who is it propped up by big business exactly is big pharma yeah. that's why why, why yeah. do you think you know anything during covid that was going on any news station you're like why isn't the news talking about this because when they go to commercial break they're brought to you by pfizer mm -hmm. it, it's the same way like when you talk oh. about the war effort why aren't more people talking about what the, the atrocities happening in war it's because it's their commercial break is brought to you by lockheed martin and blackrock and all these other and vanguard and all. i mean it's kind of it, it and that's what's interesting about this whole topic whether it doesn't have to be about race or about sex and gender and transgender we should understand that there are people it's like we should all be together on one side by saying we may disagree on certain things but understand that there are powers that be who are purposely trying to divide us yeah yeah exactly like it uh we should be we should be organized as a people <laughs> true as yeah the government organized us yeah instead of like oh i guess this is what how we're supposed to think it's like no think for yourself yeah think for yourself even if it's not the approved opinion you know it doesn't have to be about, like whether the covid stuff or um social issues or just anything it doesn't have to be the approved opinion every so often sometimes your opinion if you think for yourself you're presented with this and that's why your podcast is great because you have those different perspectives where sometimes you have a perspective and then your co-host has a different perspective and you kind of put things together and you go mm, i still kind of like on my side here yeah. It's like I've been presented with your evidence. I present you with my evidence. And you go, you know, I've thought it out. We've talked it out. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm still going to yeah. be team me here. It's yeah. okay. But then yeah. other times you can change your opinion. You're like, exactly. no, I didn't think of it that way. Exactly. That's what it, we're supposed to do. And it's like we're almost told we're not to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, bad. it's bad to disagree. It's bad to be wrong. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? Like how, how do we fix this other than obviously what we're doing, but it just seems like it, I, I don't want to say it's a futile effort, but goodness, you know, uh, we're trying all we could. I say rule number one, don't care about what other people think. Rule number two, make yourself happy. No, that's, that's what it comes down to. Or, or even switch them. Make, rule number one, make yourself happy. Rule number two, don't care what, you, what people, other people think. Either way, well, it works. And sometimes they go both one and the same. Right. Exactly. Like if you, you, you get off on the fact that, no, you don't make everyone happy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, goodness. But I mean, we're we're in interesting times. I'm, I'm you know, like it's it's weird because here's the other thing is uh, when it comes to the political stuff and uh, social media, because of what's been happening with TikTok and, you know, mm -hmm. In an ideal world, would you want to see TikTok banned? I'm like, 
Uh, no, and I yeah. also don't think it should be banned because, again, as a free speech guy, I don't want it to be banned, even if I find a lot of stuff on there repugnant. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, how things have changed with social media is that you, now you have mobs that go after people that try to cancel people and you go, boy, we're we're entering different territory. This is like way different from uh, the letter to the editor in the newspaper. But I yeah. read your column and I disagreed <laughs> with it. So you're like, OK, and how many people read? They're like, oh, it's just some asshole who just <laughs> posted in the newspaper the letter to the who cares? Or you have the. Um, uh, like the editorial at the end of a newscast where you have the news director like, here's my counterpoint with this. You're right. like, okay, well, I'm going to change it. Let's see. Oh, Sports Center's on. That's fine. <laughs> it's it's you new know. territory with social media here. It's it's so different, man. There's it's a I don't want to put it like this, but like. I never understood why with social media the people like the gay couple who are protesting a bakery because they won't make their cake for their wedding. Mm-hmm. And you put on that's great, put on social media, make sure blast them. But why then are you trying to force them to make your cake? Yeah. It's like sending your food back in a restaurant. Because you're gonna get it back with spit in it, <laughs> you know. I use, use social media for the platform of, you know, hey, you know, hey, if you're gay, don't go here. Uh, but I found this other bakery that's great. Go here and start pushing that business. You know, it's it turns it's into that. extortion. That's that. That was yeah. what my big problem is. Is if if you're a a gay couple and they say. Um, you know, we will not make we will not bake a cake for you because of our religious principles. I look at it as the same thing as when me and my wife got married. And if we went to a uh, bakery and it was a black owned place, let's just for example, and they said we don't make cakes for white people, be like, well, that sucks. You're not getting our business. And then we'll go elsewhere. Yeah. I don't want to boycott. It's like that's your choice. Yeah. You're you're a business owner. You say I don't want to make cakes for white people. Okay, then I'll go to a place that does. That's yeah. the free market. That's capitalism. But capitalism. it yeah. turned into no. We need to bring you to the Supreme Court because you're not baking a cake because you're infringing on our civil rights. And you're like, Ooh, really? We're, we're going to go there now right. because uh, th- that's new territory. And that's, yeah. that's in the last 10 years now. And I, I don't like this precedent. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like the precedence of, of, <laughs> you know, using your religion to, to push back on homosexual relationship. I, that's, that's not my place to say either way, but, um, like what? Why would you then want to give them your business? Uh, uh, I just, I never got that. I just I don't understand. Like, well, it turned like, into a cottage industry. I think. I think in the last ten years we've created a cottage in- industry of that. I'm offended by something, and instead of just being offended and going home and like telling your your spouse about like, can you believe what happened to me today? It turned into. Can you believe what happened to me today? I want the world to know about it. I want the world to boycott and everything. And um, and then that turned into uh, like an industry of people canceling people for uh, tweets they posted in 2010. It's like, it's like, uh, hey, so-and-so is uh, got on SNL or so-and-so is hosting the Oscars. And they're like, in 2009, do you said this on Twitter? And like, 
yeah, there was a difference. It doesn't matter a society. It kind of does because we have really decided in the last couple of years that we need everything before 2010 was racist and sexist or what or offensive and me too, this and that. You say, well, uh, I mean, I can't really we're like way it's basically like everything before 1995 so we mentioned tropic thunder but you can't play blazing saddles anymore that's that's out the window and and the whole thing again for just like with blazing saddles it was the same thing it wasn't a movie that was trying to be racist it was a movie that was lampooning the racially tinged westerns that were popular at the time that mel brooks would would watch and said that these guys probably just dropped n-bombs all the time well what if we did a movie again during the nuanced times of what if we did a movie where we had slim pickens dropping n-bombs because it kind of and it was it's weird to say that it was in context but then you talk to somebody who's like a zoomer now and they're like it doesn't matter the context okay well it kind of does but sure yeah yeah well, I mean, there was still there was still you know at that time there was controversy around around the film. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Mel Brooks uh, fan. Um, so at the time, he actually wanted Richard Pryor to play mm-hmm. Derek Bart, and uh, or, and uh, but at that time, Richard Pryor was having issues. They couldn't insure him. They yeah. couldn't insure him with the studio because he was too drunk and high all the time. Yeah, yeah, he was having his personal demons. He was battling, so they they turned him down, turned down the possibility of a prior. So Mel Brooks then instead gave Richard Pryor a writer's credit on the film to yep. make sure he was still tagged as part of that film. And Cleavon Little ends up getting the the role, which I believe he got because he was playing. Him and Damon Damon Wilson, I think, played burglars on All in the Family. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's how he ended up getting the role because of that. Um, but uh, I mean, that's again when you throw nuance, and the problem is it hurts comedy, it hurts entertainment when you have to run things through. I, I was just talking to uh, to a comic just before we did this podcast. I was doing another podcast, and when you start running it through the ringer of okay, this might offend this group or this person and this individual and this, this, and this. And you go, okay, now what I've done is I've stripped my potential for comedy here because comedy, you're going to offend somebody. Let's be honest here. You're going to offend somebody. (laughs) Who's it going to be? But it's also how you do it. If you're just going up there and you're just being blatantly racist or sexist, then right. the audience is going to tell you that you're being blatantly racist and sexist. But if you do right. so in a way where it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm being ribbed, but it's kind of funny. Right. Then there you go. That's what it's all about. It's all about timing. Well, yeah, timing and the, the well, that, that's what's great about comedy. That's why it's a, a great art form is it, it's about the material. It's about the timing and it's about the presentation. How do you present it? Are you doing so? Like I said, are you Michael Richards at the Laugh Factory? (laughs) Or are you somebody who can actually make like a really good routine and build something? around? So it's all dependent. It's very interesting. Right. For sure. For sure. So what's what's this background that I see? So you're directing. It looks like you're directing something. Actually, let me go the way a little bit. 
So that's my buddy here. So I actually wrote a kid's book of all things talking about uh, social injustice and stuff. So yeah. So this is actually my buddy Butch. He's a rhino. Uh, I get to hang out with him uh, like every other Saturday. Um, I wrote a kid's book called The Rhino That Dreams. Um, it actually stars Butch the Rhino. Uh, I did. Uh, there you go. So there it is. The, well, it came the, out this year. Yeah, that's the one. So there it's you on go. Amazon. Uh, a good, great thirteen bucks. Uh, um, all the artwork in it is um, AI. So, um, so the artwork is actually really pretty decent. I don't know what that other book is, but. The artwork in it is actually really decent. Those are probably pretty good too. I don't know who they are, but you know, support. And uh, so the when it's the real time, the story of Butch, it's a very cartoonish like as such. But but then when it goes into his dream sequence, uh, it's actually more impressionistic painting. So um, you can see on the back that's the back cover there. That's a picture of me and butch at the upper the upper left hand corner i'm about six four uh heavy 280 and you can see uh butch is a good uh five and a half tons he actually takes up the whole length of that fencing back there um <laughs> so it shows you how big that rhino is yeah he's a he's a cool dude like i said i get to hang out with him um i get to i i've actually give him hugs and Give him belly rubs and and arm wrestle with this horn, which he uh, easily flings me off, and then um, you know give him treats and all sorts of stuff. He's he's just a cool dude. Excellent. Well, you, you I know a lot of my listeners have kids, so go check this out. Uh, yeah, just thirteen bucks paperback. Uh, the Rhino yeah. That Dreams go on Amazon by Aaron J. Peavy, and uh, of course the B and W podcast uh, that you're a part of, and uh it's been it's been fun conversation here same i I appreciate you having me on the show where can we find you on social media any any other plugs you want to get out there uh the biggest one just uh, check out uh bnw show on facebook um i don't really have a whole lot of social media stuff uh that's the big one youtube bnw show um we might be on spotify i think we're pushing spotify to get on there um uh, but those are the two big ones right now, Facebook and uh, YouTube. That sounds great. Well, Aaron, thanks yeah. for doing this. Thanks for doing the podcast here. And uh, we'll keep in touch, definitely. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good time. And uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, by the way, yeah, B&W podcast and uh, go to Amazon, go uh, purchase his book. And if you liked uh, me, for people who want to hear me on my podcast, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazur for four to five podcasts per week, as little as three bucks a month. And if you liked what you heard, but you don't want to pay me, that's okay. Every Wednesday, this podcast goes out for free. Go check it out. Subscribe to the Check Your Brain podcast, just in case you stumbled upon me. And uh, yeah. I appreciate uh, the listeners and uh, Aaron, thanks again for doing the show and uh, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you with uh, more free content for you coming up next Wednesday, unless you go on Patreon. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care now.